Now, I'm not going to say I told you so, but I told you so. Years ago, I predicted that the real estate commission structure in America would radically change and that 6% commissions would go away, and now it's finally happening. This is part four in a series I've covered here on my YouTube channel about the National Association of Realtors, or NAR for short, and the ongoing legal battles over price fixing and violating antitrust laws. And as I'm sure you've heard, NAR just lost a massive lawsuit owing billions in damages and setting the stage for massive reform in how real estate agents get compensated. In case you're unclear, let me break down what's happened and what it means for real estate agents, as well as how it will impact investors. What happened is a group of buyers in Missouri filed a class action lawsuit against NAR, as well as several large brokerages, for colluding to price-fix real estate commissions, causing buyers to overpay when purchasing their homes. Now, you have to understand why this is such a big deal. When competitors in an industry collude, prices are inflated and the customer is cheated. In America, where free trade is the foundation of our economy, price fixing is illegal and subject to criminal prosecution by the Antitrust Division of the United States Department of Justice, or DOJ. The plaintiff's argument was that the current commission structure in America, set and maintained by NAR, violates antitrust laws in two primary ways. The first is with NAR's Cooperative Compensation Rule, also known as the Buyer Broker Commission Rule. This is where NAR mandates that the seller sets the commission for the buyer side agent in order to submit a listing to the NAR-affiliated Multiple Listing Service, or MLS. In other words, if you want to list a property for sale on the MLS, you have to put how much the buyer's agent is getting paid. And remember, the seller pays the buyer's commission, not the buyer, which brings up the second issue. Not only does the buyer not decide how much his agent's getting paid, the selling agent and buyer's agent conspire to fix the buyer's commission exceptionally high at 25 to 3%. And this is where agents get up in arms and get angry about justifying their fees. The argument isn't that a buyer's agent's value isn't worth a 3% commission. The argument is that the commission is fixed and that the buyer's agent doesn't have to negotiate or earn his value, causing buyers to overpay, thus violating antitrust laws. Think about it. When the buyer's agent representing the buyer does not compete on price for his or her services, it prevents buyer's agents from offering a lower price. And while in theory, all commissions are negotiable, in practice, they are not because since the buyer's agent doesn't set his own price, a seller is forced to pay the standard 25 to 3%. Otherwise, buyer's agents won't show their clients the seller's property. Now, this is just common sense. I put this theory to the test on a flip that I listed for sale in Georgia. As the seller, I set the buyer's commission at 2% because after all, like agents tell me all the time, commissions are completely negotiable. So guess what happened? What do you think happened? Crickets, hardly any showings and no offers. Why? Because any seller with half a brain knows that if you don't offer 3%, a buyer's agent won't want to show and sell your property. After 30 days, I relisted the property, but this time I set the buyer commission at 3%. What happened? I got multiple showings and received an acceptable offer. Now, this argument about price fixing has been going on for years, and NAR has been in and out of lawsuits over this for a long time. It's actually amazing to me that commission reform didn't happen a long time ago, but keep in mind, NAR is one of the most powerful trade organizations in America. With something like 1.4 million members, 
NAR collects over $230 million annually just in dues from its members. And until now, NAR has somehow been able to maintain monopolizing commission structure, but that's all about to change. The federal jury in the recent Sitter Burnett verdict awarded the plaintiffs treble damages of $5.3 billion. And since that was a class action suit, copycat lawsuits were immediately filed the next day, increasing the size of the class to basically include the rest of the country. What that means is that everybody across the U.S. can essentially join the class and get a small amount of money. So what about this $5.3 billion in treble damages? Well, since this is an antitrust claim, the damages are excluded from errors and emissions or liability policies. So insurance can't pay the damages. And there's just no way that NAR and the other defendants can pay $5.3 billion. Now, the plaintiff's attorneys know this. You don't think they know that if the defendants file bankruptcy, they won't get paid? Of course they do. They've made it clear that their goal is to settle, which will likely be somewhere in the millions and nowhere near the billions. Now, what about appealing? NAR has been notorious for kicking the can down the road. Not likely this time. Here's why. To move forward with the appeal, they would have to post a bond of $1.78 billion to cover the damages portion of the judgment, which is not likely, especially since the plaintiff's attorney has made it clear that they will keep suing NAR until they agree to settle. I think it's time for NAR to finally admit defeat. So what does this mean going forward? It has become very clear that the DOJ and the FTC they want a clear separation where buyers are no longer compensated through seller's agents. The buyer's agent represents the buyer and is paid by the buyer. And the seller's agent represents the seller and is paid by the seller. Now at the national, state, and local levels, NAR will be forced to require buyer agent representation agreements before buyers can write offers. Currently, 12 states already do that. The other states will have to follow. One thing's for certain. Sellers are no longer going to have a bunch of looky-loos come through their home who really aren't serious about buying the property. Now, in practice, if the buyer becomes responsible for paying his own agent and it's no longer paid from the seller's proceeds, how is he or she going to afford coming out of pocket when purchasing a home? Well, there are two easy solutions. First, the commission could simply be financed through the loan. Now, discussions about this are already underway with Fannie and Freddie. Second, the purchase contract could stipulate that the seller pays the buyer's agent compensation directly, therefore completely bypassing the seller's agent. Or the buyer's agent could also write a stipulation that the seller provides a credit to the buyer who then compensates their buyer's agent directly, which seller credits is normal and happens every day. So how is this going to impact agents and how they do business? Well, one thing is obvious. Buyer's agents will be forced to articulate their value to buyers. Brokers will need to train their agents on how to explain their services, as well as how to structure contracts and their compensation. Bottom line, agents are going to have to learn sales and marketing skills. Now, here's what I predict will happen. Some agents will adjust and prosper. Those that do will seize the opportunity, create high-quality buyer presentations, articulate their value propositions, and master the art of negotiating their own commissions. These agents will probably see their compensation go up, not down, because in every industry, people are happy and willing to pay for a white glove premium service. Now, having said that, I think many will quit and leave the industry. I think we're going to see a mass exodus in real estate agents over the next 24 months. What about real estate investors? How will this impact you and me? 
I think we're going to see a radical shift from animosity between agents and investors to a stronger collaboration. Investors should become agents' biggest client because we are repeat buyers. If you're an agent, think outside the box. Consider additional ways that you can bring value to investors. You can source and find deals, structure creative financing, offer to help with design, help create scopes of work, help oversee projects, and all kinds of value-add services aside from just writing and presenting offers. Agents, it's time we work together. It's time for you to innovate, and I believe everyone will be better for it. Now, one final thought. Since buyer's agents are no longer entitled to commissions and are going to have to become masters at sales and marketing, I would highly consider wholesaling real estate instead. Wholesaling is all marketing and sales, and if you're going to become proficient at sales anyway, you might as well wholesale because you'll make 10 times more money essentially doing the same thing. The only real difference is you serve distressed sellers and you help cash buyers. Now, if that sounds exciting to you, I have a free home study course that teaches how to earn a six-figure income in 12 months or less wholesaling houses. Best of all, I'll give it to you for free. Just go to 8weekacademy.com. Now, I'm sure a lot more is going to transpire with these lawsuits and the Real Estate Commission, so stay tuned, and I'll see you on the next video.